happy, happy Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's. It is the All City, All NFL Podcast. Batman, Brian Baldinger, down in Florida, I'm Anthony Gargano, cousin Baldy, All City. Big news today, Baldy, in the NFL in Denver. Well, Russell Wilson has been sent to the bench in favor of Jared Stidham for the final two weeks of the season. They play the Chargers at home. They finish against the Raiders. Uh, The Broncos, who have lost three of the last four, including a disappointing home game this past weekend to the Patriots. Uh, You know, this is, I mean, this is going to be couched a lot of different ways, but it's really the separation of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson going forward. Like, he's owed a lot of money. There's a lot of dead money out there. Um, but they're they're going to figure out the contract thing. Uh, I don't think he'll be back at a lower amount or anything else. I, I just think that blow up on the other night, you know, in front of everybody was more than, you know, them not scoring a touchdown. Like, there was something else at play to do that. And it's just been kind of brewing, I think. And then it just culminated in that loss, and now they're sort of out of the playoff hunt. And they're like, let's see what Jared Stidham can do. Jared Stidham, as you remember, last year replaced Derek Carr the last two weeks. They sent Derek Carr home. And I had a feeling it's like they're not going to do that to Russell, like send him home, home. But in some ways, there's like, go find another home. Well, you know, it's interesting because you could tell that Sean Payton was frustrated by Russ really most of the year. Yeah, you know, like it was almost like he did his best to try to figure it out, and then he just was threw his hands up. And after that loss, where they couldn't do anything really. I mean, you look at it in the air, you could see that that Peyton just got exasperated and frustrated, and that Russ was never his guy. Yeah, I think it's uh, like I don't. All I could do is look at it from ten thousand feet here, and and. You know, I was just watching, like, the last 10 throws from the other night against the Patriots, and he's so quick to leave the pocket. He always has been. It's his style. It's his style. I mean, we, it used to be the Houdini Act. It was let Russ cook. There was all these things. But the style is hard on players. It's hard to have a rhythm and timing offense. If your quarterback just not just moves, but kind of needs to move in order to see the field. Yeah. And he had this play – you know, it's third and 13. He's just like bails right away. And now he's running around. And, you know, Drew, Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Brees is his guy and the template for what he wants. That's not what Drew did. Drew stood in there. He cut the defense. He, he diagnosed the defense. This is where the ball needs to go. And while Drew might be an inch taller, who knows, he saw the field better. And he didn't do those kind of things. Um, so that's I think that's part of it. But, you know, remember, like, early on, like, he got read the riot act about, you know, the family and, the you know, this is a place of work and this. Like, he just, like, everything that Russell was able to do the year before, like, Sean Payton just said, this, this, we're not doing that here. This is not what we do. And I think he, he was, he started off by ripping the previous regime and then it was like, look. All this stuff, the Ross, the offense, like you said, all that stuff, man, that just didn't play with Sean Payton. No, no. And, like, I know coaches that have coached with Sean, and I, you know, look, we all kind of know him on some level. But, like, 
the coaches used to tell me that when Sean came in with a cup of coffee and he crossed his legs at seven o'clock at night and we're going to put this game plan together, they weren't leaving the room until 11, 12. Like this is where we go to work. And this is what we need to do, whether it's Aaron Donald coming to town, what we got to do this weekend to win this game. Like, no, I mean, Russell, you could defend Russell with going, okay, who they have to throw? You know, there's no Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy doesn't look like he's a number one by any stretch. You know, they didn't run the ball good against the Patriots at all. I mean, you could, you could, you could couch this thing and defend Russell in some ways. He, he did the best he could, you know, throwing, uh, you know, 20, 20, five, 26 touchdowns, limited number of interceptions. So you could say a lot of things, but it's just they're going to go in a different direction. Yeah, it, it's just going to be figure out how do you, how do you get out of this contract? I mean, I think, contract, so, I think because I don't have the, the, the numbers, yeah. but I think I read something like there's $88 million of dead cap money. Yeah, Like you could spread it out over two or three years maybe and lessen it, but still – it's going to be hard to build a team if you got that much money in a quarterback. Now, what would help if Jared Stidham, who played awesome in preseason, played very well last year for the Raiders, especially against the 49ers, where it was probably the best game by 49er quarterback or a Raider quarterback all year. Like it could help if Jared Stidham could be the guy and you would have him on a low contract and you could then say, okay, we're, we're basically paying two quarterbacks, but we have our starter. That might help a little bit rather than having to go to the well and pay for somebody, you know, the way the Saints did this year for Derek Carr. I don't know if they're getting their bang for their buck, you know, right now with that. But that would help if Stidham can really play. You know, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know how that's, you know, again, um, I really – I, I look at him. I, I'm with you, that, but that's like a prayer. Like Howie was able to get rid. Howie Roseman was able to get rid of Arson. and get out of the Wentz contract. I, I thought a lot of these things had like these trap doors, and you know, I mean, this is going to hurt. But listen, if you're Sean Payton, then you obviously he's like, listen, I can only coach what I can coach, and not worry about you know cap and everything else. But it is interesting, though. I mean, about Stidham, and who knows. Honestly, like, you know, but that was the first guy he signed when he got the job. He brought Stidham in from the Raiders. Now, you know, I, all my guys worked with Sean at Fox last year. And, um, you know, I mean, he was, he, he was scouting the league looking for what he, he knew he was getting in, didn't know exactly where it was going to be. But like, I think he did some homework on this Jared Stidham going back to the draft and all these different yeah. things. So he was a, yeah. you know, he was a, a Baylor kid, you know, highest draft. I mean, he was the highest recruited kid to Baylor. I remember Art Bryles was the coach. I was doing Big 12 games then. Like, it was a big deal when they got Jared Stidham, you know, coming out of high school to Baylor. Then, of course, he had a transfer when the whole Bryles thing blew up, blew up and all that stuff. But, I mean, you, you kind of sometimes you do your homework on these kids going all the way back to high school. I think he was at Stephenville High School, whatever, in Texas. So, who knows? Who knows? But this yeah. is this is this is shocking news. Like maybe people aren't surprised, but I mean to come midweek like this on Wednesday, and you know, so Stidham's out there. You know, Wednesday's their install day. You know, they're they're getting ready right now. You know, to face the Chargers. Um, you know, Stidham is taking snaps. Russell Wilson is the backup. 
Like, it hurts and bruises his ego big time. And I'm sure the team is all talking about it. Like, what just happened? Did this really just happen? Is Russell really our, our – the team is talking about it right now. Look, we've watched a lot of Russ Tate. I don't know. The qu- The next question is, what's for? we know what's for the Broncos' future. They're going to try to get Stidham, see what happens. But what's Russ's future in this league? That's a that's a fair question to ask. Well, I mean, I think he can still play. They're, they're a little limited. The, the numbers aren't big or great right now. He's uh, completion percentage yards per attempt. I mean, it's, it's not great. But it, it comes down to like, okay, um, what will you pay? What will you play for? I mean, look, Seattle was completely content to go with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Like they didn't even bat an eyelash at it. Like they got their they got their draft capital and their players that they got in the deal. Noah Fan, Shelby Harris, all these guys they got from Denver, the deal and draft capital. They never looked back. I don't think if they somehow mitigate this contract here, they're not going to look back. So then you go, okay, is somebody, I don't know, is the Jets, are the Jets, like, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers' deal is. Like, I know he wants to play, but I'm just looking at teams that are going to need quarterbacks. Like, Washington just made a move, all right? To yeah, Dakota, was, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. Is Sam Howell out? Is, he, is, the, is the Sam Howell era over that you're putting Jacoby Brissett in there? Um, you know, Ron Rivera, I think his quote was, I think it's it's good for time, Sam. time for him to take a seat and watch. Yeah, yeah, time, good time to take a rest. It's time to take a rest. Okay, so you know you're looking at these teams and you're going, okay, well, obviously there's going to be teams needing quarterbacks. Where does Russell fit in? What will he play for? Like, I mean, these are a lot of questions that will get answered. Just like Derek Carr did last year when he basically got sent out of the facility. And honestly, if they didn't have anybody else in the roster they might do the same thing to Russell. Like, you know, it would probably help if he went someplace else. Maybe, I don't know, the contract deal, if there's write-off against what they owe him, if he signs someplace else, that might be part of it. I mean, but this is about getting out from underneath the contract. But I got to go back to the one question because about whether or not he can be effective. I don't know. What made Russ effective? You tell me if you agree with this. To me, what made Russ aggressive was his ability to move to throw, right? Like you said it earlier about finding windows, right? Like, you know, listen, Drew Brees was an 11-step drop guy, right? So he could see the whole field. He had to take deep drops. But he was still – his foot movement was so precise, right? Russ was not like that. Russ was, I'm going to move side to side – to see, to get my windows, to see my angles. And he just doesn't look like he can move. Certainly, well, I think he, you know, he lost like 15 pounds. I think he's moving better this year than he did last year. Yeah, I mean, last but, year was hard. But, I mean, does he still look like a guy that can, can use his legs to throw the ball down the field at this age? I think, you know, time, you know, is undefeated, father time. I think – he has slowed down, but he looks better this year than he ever did at any point last year. Last year, I thought he was heavy. He looked slow, like he couldn't elude the rush the way he once did. But if that's what you're relying on in order to find open space to make throws, 
Like that's going to be diminishing returns on that style of play. Like I've I've known receivers that played with him. Doug Baldwin was his go-to guy for a long time, and Doug said, "Look, quite frankly, it was difficult playing with Russell, even in his prime, because you couldn't really see the ball come out. Russell really couldn't see you. Um, things weren't all the you know rarely were things just on rhythm and timing where the ball just came out the way it was practiced, and so they had to learn how to you know." Guys had to learn how to play with that. And I don't think that's going to be any easier anywhere that he goes. Yeah. And I, I and he's not going to change now. I mean, no, you know, you're not going to, you're all suddenly not going to change now. Well, I did monster news. Let's get to Washington for a second because uh, you touched on it. And Sam Howe takes a rest. Jacoby percent will start for Washington. And uh, like we were saying, Ron Rivera said it's a good time to take a rest. So what does that mean? Now, again, there will be a new regime in Washington. They'll have a new coach. They'll have a whole new thing. And Hal will get reevaluated. But let's let's kind of go back into the tape and what we saw of Sam Howe. Good athlete, but I, I'm not excited for him as a franchise quarterback. He, he looks franchise-like. He's extremely tough. Like, he's yeah. been sacked over 60 times this year, Cuz. Like, yeah. nobody's been sacked more than him. But he always gets up. He never looks bruised by no matter how many hits he gets. Um, I think the Eagles sacked him seven times in one game this year, freaking battered him, you know, hit him 13 times. I mean, he's he is a tough guy, and he's built tough. Um, he's not one of these guys that's fragile at all. His arm is good. He's got a good arm. Um it's just, you know, he makes mistakes. He throws into coverage. Is his decision-making elite? It's not. Um, he looks like your basic average quarterback. It doesn't look like a guy that can elevate. Now, look, the uh, an improved offensive line, a much better defense, maybe a new system. Maybe he can become, like we're seeing Bailey Zappi playing better. But I feel like he's in that category of a Bailey Zappi, like, yes, they can start, but are they going to take you anywhere? Like, right, I've seen what I mean about, you know, I'm not excited at, at with him as a franchise quarterback. I just, yeah, you know. I mean, they got to get it right. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett is your classic backup quarterback. He came off the bench last week against the Jets, played very well, got him, took, got him the lead before the Jets came down and, and took it back in a field goal. Um, you know, and that game was, looked like it was out of reach, but Jacoby, when he's gotten a chance, um, you know, last week he played really well, you know, in that opportunity. So threw a couple of touchdown passes, get him in, back into it. Um, I, I think Washington is going to be looking for a coach, a quarterback, and a whole lot of other pieces. Yeah. Well, listen, it's time now. If you're Washington, it's time just to, you know, clean out, just clean the whole thing out. So, well, I mean, he's older. Josh, when Josh came in and got the team, like, that was the beginning. He sat yeah. back. You know, I mean, who knows how much Josh knows about football. I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter. Like, his, his job this year was to observe and to have his guys report to him about what we need to do. Like, they're getting a stadium built. It's going to be all new. They're going to get a stadium built. There's going to be a new front office, coaching staff. Like, they're going to build this thing from the top down. Yeah, I, and look, he came in, the, when the owners ratified the sale, it wasn't until late 
until after, uh, well, after, it was after the draft. So, you know, I mean, this, that's, we all knew that this was that year and what it was about. Uh, let's go to another quarterback who said uh, that his team looked completely disjointed. Completely disjointed and uh, lost was the exact quote. We'll talk about the Jaguars coming up next. But first, let me tell you, I got to tell you about Factor Meal Kits. Now, this holiday season's busy. You're rolling around. You might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Well, Factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service can help you eat well for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time. You'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. And look, you know, for the new year, eating right might be one of uh, your resolutions. You can do that with Factor Meal Kits. I know my wife loves it. She's a big Factor fan. Cross meal prepping off your holiday list. Again, skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, shopping, prepping, cleaning up. Get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. So all you got to do is heat and then uh, bon appetit. Enjoy. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meal of the holidays. Choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle, that meet your meal preferences. So whether it's calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus like my man, or whatever, wholesome options that you want. You're looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that don't skip on flavor, well, you can try delicious dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with or around less than 550 calories per serving. That's right. Maybe you need an extra boost during your wellness goals and fill your breath during the holidays. Try Protein Plus meals. 30 grams of protein or more per serving factors than just for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose some quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab and go snacks, ready to drink cold fresh juices, shakes, smoothies. I mean, you got it. I'm telling you, you whether it's New Year, get Factor and enjoy eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered to your door, ready in two minutes, Baldy. No prep. No mess. Head to factormeals.com slash all NFL. Use code all NFL. You know what you get? 50% off. That's right. 50% off. That's code all NFL. Factormeals.com slash all NFL to get 50% off. All NFL 50. 50% off. Okay. Can't beat that. Yeah, I can't beat it, man. That's a good deal. All right. Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars. What? is going on in Jacksonville. Great start. Things are rolling. Everything looks good. Then Christian Kirk goes down. Then it just started to, things are starting to come off. The wheels are coming on edge. Bro, it was 30 to nothing late in the third quarter. 30 to nothing to Tampa. Like this is a slide 
This is one of those slides that I don't know if they're going to stop it. Because remember when Jake Browning played him a couple weeks ago and they lost in overtime. And then they lose to Flacco. And then Baltimore wipes them up. And now they go to Tampa. And they're trying to hang in their division. And Tampa wipes, I mean, just wipes them up. They couldn't cover Mike Evans. Like, they couldn't they couldn't shake Baker. Like, they got wiped up. And, like, 30 to nothing. Like, this was, this was an, so whatever Trevor, I don't know the exact quote, but it was. He just said they were lost. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, it's a, they're on a four-game slide right now. They play Carolina. Can you imagine if they lose to Carolina at home this weekend? Can you imagine what, like, are you, are you looking for a new coach? I mean, honestly, like, this would be one of the great, like, end-of-the-season slides that we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's collapsed city. I, what, 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 again, ah. Their offense. What's wrong with their offense? Now I know Lawrence has been gained in the whole thing. Trevor Lawrence led them in rushing last week. They can't run the ball. No. Like they, they, like Trevor. You know, Etn. It's basically Travis Etn. They got a couple other guys there. You know, but but basically it's Etn. Like I can't tell you the last time he had a good game where he just looked like you know he always had great speed and explosion. You know, I don't know like. They don't have much of a run game, but you're down thirty nothing. How much, you know? How much you're gonna? I mean, it's just snowball. Where now you got to drop back and you got to throw it, and they got two late touchdowns to Calvin Ridley just to get on the board. But this has been, you know, the week before against Baltimore, they were awful, just awful. Now Baltimore can do that to you, but still, like you've got a veteran star quarterback, you've got a veteran offensive line, you got a court, you know, Super Bowl winning coach. You got a lot of pieces in place, not to be more competitive than they are. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm I'm shocked. And again, Doug Peterson is a good coach, right? Like Doug's been around, man. He's a veteran coach, and I'm kind of surprised that they're in this sort of slide. Like the fact that you meant that you actually said, "Hey, you know, if this slide continues, what are you, are you looking for a new coach?" Which is fair to say. Well, I mean, after you win a playoff game like they did last year against the Chargers and then play very well in a playoff loss to the eventual Super Bowl champions in Kansas City, you have high expectations. Um, And basically, the offense returns intact with the addition of Calvin Ridley, who everybody said was going to be a great addition. And look, I mean, he, he leads him in touchdown catches and with seven, all that kind of stuff. He hasn't been a disappointment. He's missed some games, but he hasn't been a disappointment. But this thing was supposed to, they were supposed to really compete. I don't know, like, look, it's the AFC South. Who knows how this thing is going to finish? Um, you know, we got to see what, what Indy and Houston does right now. You know, they, they could still easily win the division, get a home playoff game, and this could all go away if they, you know, they play Carolina and Tennessee the last two weeks, but if they lose one of those games and they lose the division, I mean, this would be a monster collapse. It would. And I'm a Doug fan. So I, you know, again, I, I wouldn't, I would not change coaches, but it is fair to ask like what the issue is, what the problem is. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's stunning is what it is. 
You mentioned that NAFC South. Here's what you got going on. It's it's the land of eight and seven. Jacksonville, Colts, Texans all eight and seven. The AFC North, Steelers, Bengals eight and seven. You got five teams sitting there at eight and seven, all fighting for what do you got? One, two, you got three playoff spots. Pretty wild. Yeah, I agree. And so I saw the Colts. I mean, no, none of those eight and seven teams in AFC South played worth a darn last week. The Colts were awful. The Texans were awful. Maybe it'll change if C.J. Stroud gets back. Um, and then the Jaguars were worse than anybody. But, they, I mean, there's three eight and six teams with a chance to really take a stranglehold on the division. And none of them offensively played worth a darn. No. Nah. No. Nah. So let's kind of go through it and look and take a look at the AFC playoff picture. Because you got Buffalo now looking strong at nine and six for one of the wild cards. You got Kansas City's going to win the division. Uh, they're at nine and six. Baltimore's going to win the division at 12 and three. Miami's going to win the division at 11 and four. And Cleveland's going to win the win, win the division at 10 and five. Uh, excuse me. At, has one of the wild card spots at 10 and five. So that would lead the AFC South and then one other wild card to look at. Well, there's one other, team, one other team that you have to put in the mix, and that's the Raiders right now at seven and eight. Really? You got the well, Raiders? Have to, I mean, look, they, they play at Indy this week. They could knock Indy down, uh, and they play Denver uh, at home. Like, if they finish nine and eight, maybe that's good enough to, to get, you know, a six or seven seed. And that would, if they do that, they would finish with a four-game win streak like they did two years ago, and they got into the playoffs. They beat uh, the Chargers in overtime that, that year, and they went to Cincinnati and actually played them very tough in Cincinnati. They got beat that day. But the Raiders could finish with a four-game win streak, the way that defense is playing right now. And the way Zamir Wright, uh, White ran the ball the other day, like they, they're, they're, on, they're on the outside, but – they have a chance still. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's pretty remote, though. I mean, I, you know, it's such a log jam. Well, I mean, look, you, look, you, you go head-to-head with Indy, you could, you know, take a peg up. You would both – both teams, if the Raiders win, they would both be 8-8 eight and eight going into week seven, 18. Yeah, uh, well, one of those teams got to win a division, right? So That's true. The Jags, Colts, and Texans win the division – and then in the north, you still got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Well, I mean, look, Pittsburgh plays Seattle this weekend. Pittsburgh at eight and seven, going with Mason Rudolph up to Seattle at eight and seven. I feel like the loser is eliminated at this stage. You know, Agreed. so if Pittsburgh goes up there and takes care of business. Maybe you're going to get three teams in the uh, AFC North. We've seen that before. Yeah, I I like the way Mason Rudolph played. Mm-hmm. I, I, you look at him and well, it helps he, when you throw the ball. You know, he never really got a, a, a chance either, Mason Rudolph. I'm, I'm actually glad. You know, maybe he's another Browning. Well, he's 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 one of those guys that he's played and he has started games for him. Um, but you're right. I mean, they've had these coaching changes as far as coordinators and all that kind of stuff, obviously. And so he's sat back there. And he's watched the end of Roethlisberger, and he's watched Pickett, 
and he's watched Trubisky for the last two years, and he got his opportunity. Now, it helps when you throw a five-yard slant to George Pickens and he makes a house call. Like, that's good. But I thought he threw the ball down the field. They, you he know, did. they got some explosive pass plays uh, in that game last week, and that's something that they have been lacking. You know, for two years now, they've been lacking the explosive pass plays. Well, and, and listen, you're a Steeler guy. If you're a fan of the Steelers, God, he looks so much better than Trubisky. You just you felt like the offense could move. You felt like the offense was a pro offense. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Mitch Trubisky has had his issues since he got drafted, overdrafted by Chicago. And part of it, going back and talking to Matt Nagy and the guys that were there in Chicago, and then watching him in Pittsburgh. What saves Mitch Trubisky, honestly, he's such a stand-up, straight-up guy and a great teammate. Like, he just knows how to conduct himself, ingratiate himself. Like, he's a good teammate. And that saves him. But if you're saying, read this defense. This is a a high-low concept right here. This guy drops down and takes a low. You throw it high. Like, some of these basic concepts, he still doesn't execute well. I mean, it's just, who is that? No, no. So, I, I don't know. I, I Listen, I like Pittsburgh in that game against Seattle. I think uh, I think the Steelers finish strong. So, I, they're, I think they're, they're, they're going to be the other wild card. At least I think. No, I don't know. Look, look they, got, they got two road games here. Okay? They go to Seattle, and then they go to Baltimore. Now, maybe Baltimore has everything locked up. Oh, I'm thinking they don't need the game, yeah. Well, I mean, if they beat Miami this weekend, they probably won't. And yeah. so, you might get, you know – uh, Hundley at quarterback and Lamar sits and, you know, that might happen and that could help. Although it's always a little bit odd in that matchup when you're actually, you know, uh, cheering for Baltimore, you know, to sit, you know, if you're a Steelers fan, but you might get to that, but they have to take care of business this weekend to keep yeah. that, keep that up. Those two forget about it, man. Those two franchises are the best. Hey, hey. It's, just a, it's just a different brand of football. Just yeah. different brand. They, 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 when those two teams play, I don't care what the records are. I did the game two years ago uh, in Baltimore, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, final game of the year. It was actually, I think, Roethlisberger final game. Um, I mean, it was just that's the TJ Watt was going for the sack record that day. I mean, it was just a holy war, you know, on that field that day. Like the, the level of hitting and just busting, busting helmets was like you just don't see that. In, in many games. Well, I, I, I it's funny. I, I just think that whole AFC North is the toughest division in football. Like, well, that's what we all thought it was. I mean, Joe Flacco's really rescued, you know, Cleveland right now and got them into the tournament right here. And what he's doing is just, it's phenomenal. Like, what he did to Amari Cooper last, I haven't seen a receiver dominate a game the way Amari did last year, last week against Houston um, all year. I mean, it was the most dominant performance. And Flacco, what he's doing, it's 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 just remarkable right now. This three-game win streak and how well he's playing. And, and Cleveland's going to be in the tournament. They probably have – I mean, Baltimore and Cleveland have the two best defenses in football, and I don't think there's a close third. Like, those two teams are vying for who's the best. You, you, you watch Brock Purdy against Cleveland, awful. You watch – you know, Brock Purdy against Baltimore, awful. Like, they, those two defenses right now, they do it completely different. Schwartzy, you know, in Cleveland 
with what he has, it's it's been impressive. I will say, I I mean, I still I'm still a believer in the Niners defense. I know, yeah, I, I still think they're. I, I I would put that. Look, I mean, when you play them, I, third, I agree with you, but I, I don't think they're a distant third. I still think they're a. Yeah, no, no, they're, I, yeah, I should say that. I mean, Lamar can make anybody look like that. You know, they can break. He just breaks teams down where you can have great coverage and his ability to extend plays, um, you know, keep plays alive, find the open guy from anywhere on the field. Um, Mahomes, with better guys around him, definitely can play like that. But he can't, he can't give you the runs that Lamar gives you and the explosive runs that Lamar gives you. Let me ask you about another situation and another quarterback spot. You mentioned Flacco and how good the Browns look with Flacco. Quite frankly, the Browns have looked better, much better with Flacco than they did with Watson. Now, I'm not going to tell you that Watson, Flacco's got the job next year or whatever, but here's my question. I mean, Watson, did Flacco expose Watson? Well, the one thing that Flacco has done, it didn't happen right away. Like his first game was, I think, against the Rams. But it didn't happen right away. But the deep ball, like Cleveland wants to throw the ball deep. They are a shot team. And whether it's Amari or Tillman or Njoku, they are a shot. They like to throw the ball down the field. It's, like I don't have the stats in front of me, but you just have to watch these games and see how often the ball's going deep. And now it's they're connected. And Deshaun... That part didn't exist in Cleveland. Now, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Stefanski, if I'm, you know, running the, that or like I'm locking Joe up, I'm giving him a two-year deal. Like I'm not letting him out of my building. Like if, if who knows what the health of Deshaun Watson is after what we've seen, you know, this year, like how bad that shoulder might be long-term, who knows? But if he goes sideways or injury, like I don't want to deal with Dorian Thompson Robinson or PJ, like I, I want, I want to hand the ball to Joe Flacco, and if Watson is struggling for any stretch, like I don't care if the contract's guaranteed or not, like I might play two quarterbacks and let see if Joe gets hot. Yeah, you know, I especially mean, when you have a defense the way Cleveland has a defense. Yeah, they, that that yeah. defense is Super Bowl caliber defense. Where what they, your, they, what's your they, overall they, assessment of Watson? Because again, as I assess him throughout the year, I still I, I go he's better than he was last year, but he's still a ways away from what I, if I was Cleveland, what I want him to be. It's hard to say, you know, just because of just how bad you know there was, whether it's misdiagnosis or just lousy reporting or whatever. I mean, whether he was healthy in some of these games, not healthy. Like, I saw him bounce his head off the turf in the first quarter against the Colts. He got taken out of the game. Nobody really, you know, is it a concussion? Is it a head injury? We didn't know. Nobody knew. We didn't know how bad the shoulder was. I mean, one one week because he practiced. And I talked to the coaches. I, mean, I think it was before the Indianapolis game or maybe it was the Baltimore game where he practiced all week and then didn't play in the game. And, you know, and the coach seemed confused. About what, so it was like, it was a very bizarre. And I'm not doubting anybody's um, injury uh, and how bad it might have been, 
But there was a, at least one game this year where they thought he was playing. He didn't play. So who knows how bad the injury is? It's, I mean, it's bad enough that you're going to miss the whole season there from the time where they pulled him out. Um, but look, $254 guaranteed million, whatever it was, like the contract really kind of screwed things up for a lot of these quarterbacks out there. I'm not – business is business. I let guys do whatever they want to do. The Cleveland gave them the money. But I don't know that they're going to get the return on investment that they were looking for. Will it, will it, now here's the question. Will it be one of the same kind of endings that Russ had? Like, I mean, I, I still can't believe the Russell Wilson story is amazing to me, man. It really is because look, there are a lot of teams interested in Russ. I know the Eagles, if, if Russ would have said, I would come to Philadelphia, he would have been an Eagle and Jalen would never have happened. Well, think about that. Think about how close that was to happening. Mm-hmm. Everybody like and, and Russ, my God, last year it was just a mess. And now you got a good coach who's turned that team around and he doesn't want them. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, that's a monster story. Russell Wilson, a mainstay in this league for a long time. Well, for, you know, he came in in uh, 2012, so this is his uh, 12th year. Um, and he turned that franchise around the, the day he got there. Uh, Super Bowls and Super Bowl yeah. wins and all that stuff. I mean, like, he he literally took every snap for almost seven or eight straight years in a row. Not hurt. Played through injuries when he did. Extended these plays. Was on a highlight reel every single Sunday night. There was a Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, DK, Baldwin. There was a highlight you could count on almost every week. But everybody has everybody has a different shelf life in this business. Aaron Rodgers wants to play into his 40s. Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees. I mean, Troy Aikman was done at 12 years. You know, like Hall of Fame career. Look at McNabb, right? McNabb. McNabb was done early. I mean, he was less than 10. You know, and if you look at his effectiveness, he stopped being effective really, you know, after the Super Bowl in 04, you know, he has a couple years, a good year in 08, they get to the NFC title game, but then it's a mess and it's over. But you know what's interesting? So you remember Donovan got traded on Easter Sunday. It was Easter. The only reason why I remember that is I was coaching in Italy in 2010. Oh, so I, I'm I'm in Italy and I'm I'm getting calls in Italy. Um, in in, in, in Ber- I was living in Bergamo. I'm I'm getting calls about this the Bergamo Lions. The Bergamo Lions. So I'm getting calls about this trade, and I, you know it was it was Easter Sunday, which is obviously in Italy is a big big deal. You know, like there's parades and celebrations, and I mean it's a big festive occasion, but. I, I always think this is interesting. Like Andy traded him to Washington. Like Andy knew. Like Shanahan was there, and they didn't know exactly what they were getting. And but Andy did. And you know it didn't work out. They went to Detroit, got benched in Detroit, and it was over. Like just that fast. NFC Championship games for a good run, and then it was over. Like very quickly. And you know for whatever reason. So like. There's no, and you know, he was as big and strong as anybody. So it, you know, it, there's no 
you know, you get to 10 years in this business. I always tell people, you, you get a 10-year career. You had a great career. I don't care what yeah. position, who you are, yeah. quarterbacks included. Um, sometimes these guys, these backup quarterbacks are in the league for 15, 16, 17 years because they come off the bench and win a game for you. But they're not starters. So I don't know what's the future. I, I can't see Russell being a backup. You know, I just, I, I, I just can't see him in that role. No, I don't either. I don't either. But, but at the same time, we never have enough good quarterbacks. So if you say, okay, is Russell one of the top 20 quarterbacks in this league? I believe he is. But if you start going top 10, I'd say no. If you go top 15, just over the last three years now, and what he's put up there on tape, you go, why would you put him in the top 15? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I you know, again, there, there, if you look at the bottom – you know, 10 quarterbacks, certainly the bottom five quarterbacks, there's all a rotation of, of just guys who aren't very good. You know, guys that are the Daniel Jones and then DeVito and then, like, you got I mean, Zach Wilson. And just got yeah, Kenny Pickett, Pickett and Howe and Desmond Ritter and, you know, all these guys that are, you know, is Gardner Minshew in that yeah. role? Um, you know, yeah. So like, you know, but I would say, you know, is, is there a car slipping into that territory? Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not big on the quarterback rankings that some, some groups love to do week in week out. Um, I know when, like, I would take like, look, let me ask you this. If you're in green Bay and you're building this young team, would you put Russell Wilson in front of Jordan love? No, I wouldn't either. I'd ride Jordan I'm, Love. I like Jordan Love. I know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, no, just I mean, like just go around. Right. Like, we're, we're like, what other jobs? I mean, if you put him in Atlanta, you know, Atlanta may work. They got a lot. They got a lot there. Like they screwed this up. Atlanta screwed this up. They should if they had taken Justin Fields. Three years yeah. ago, and said, yeah. "Okay, enough of Matt Ryan. We see yeah. Matt. We love you. You'll always be a Falcon, but we're going to draft this homegrown kid, Justin Fields. If they had taken Justin Fields, then done the coaching change or whatever. Like he's better, way better than Taylor Heineke. He fit in good with the, the rushing attack and the talent that they have. I mean, they could, they might be running away with the NFC South. What?" I, I could see Russ working there. That could be a good question. Who knows if they're going to be change? I mean, I did a game last weekend, Atlanta and Indianapolis. Like, I know Arthur Blank. You know, I've known him a long time. I've worked for the Falcons. I did the preseason games for years. I know Arthur. Like, he's got a, he's, he's not really showing his hand. He's not giving a huge endorsement for Arthur Smith. But he's not really revealing his hand. He's going to play it out. But I can see them making a change at that position, you know, at the head coaching position. And if that's the case, if you said, boy, Ben Johnson's available, let's put Ben Johnson with Russell Wilson. I mean, you could make a case that that could be what the Falcons need. Yeah, I could could completely see that. I mean, that that actually kind of would make sense to me. Speaking of Atlanta, you've seen him a a while. And he caught a touchdown pass this week, but – 
I'm, I've been so confused by Kyle Pitts. No question. And I wonder, because he still – I, I was having a conversation about him last night uh, with a college guy, and uh, we were talking about Kyle Pitts. And, God, what, a, what a, an incredible player and specimen. Is it just a quarterback play? Is it the offense? How come he's never used? I don't understand. He caught his third touchdown pass last week, cuz. His third. Like, I can see certain offenses where he might catch three in a game. Yeah. Season. Because you still see him out there running, and you go, how is it – why is this guy not in that category of, say, even a Sam Laporta? In yes. Detroit, you know, yes. and one of these tight ends that's catching 80 balls. Like, how is he – Hopkinson. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I saw but Drake he's not, London. He's not in that category. I don't understand it. I, I, I introduced myself to Drake London last week. And when you meet the kid, like, he's what a wide receiver is supposed to be. He's 6'5". Yeah. He's got this this crazy wingspan of his. He Like, you watch him, these one-handed catches in the end zone pregame, and you go, and I just look at him, I go, dude, are you going to throw one of these jump balls to you in the end zone this, t- today? Like, I would, if I'm at the 10-yard line, I'm throwing one. To Drake London. Let yeah, I, I mean, that should be Mike Evans all over again. No doubt. I mean, that's Mike, Mike Evans' made a career. You know, he's got 90 touchdown catches. He's got another year of 13. Like, they, they, they always throw to him in that part of the field in one route or another. Last week, he caught a whip route for a touchdown, one-on-one. Let him go win. But it's just a bizarre offense where, like, for example, Indianapolis – um, I mean, sorry, Atlanta lost the week before. And, in fact, they lost to uh, Carolina. Remember they lost to Carolina? They lose to Carolina 9-7. They benched Desmond Ritter. He throws a horrible interception at the end of the game to win the game. So they, they bench him, and rightfully so. But in that game, think about this. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson combined had 13 touches. 13 between those three players, three top 10 draft picks, right? They touched the ball a grand total of 13 times. Like, it, like that's just, I don't care who the coach is. Like, that's just wrong. And I said, that was my open. Like, if you throw, if you put these guys on the field and they touch it a combined total of 13 times in this game, that's on the coach and the, and the coordinator. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. Hey, uh, one other big signing, uh, well, you know, in this sense, the Texans get Kareem Jackson. And I like it. I, I think he fits their scheme, kind of what they want to do. Um, I was just wondering your thoughts because Houston, again, I mean, they're right there, man. They could take that AFC South. I think could. And they might. It would help. CJ should be back this week. Yeah, that, that'll help. Getting Nico Collins back and all that kind of stuff. Like, all that stuff would help. Uh, I think I, I, I like the, the Texans on defense. Defensively, like, they're at the very top of the leaderboard in just run defense right now. They're very, very good. Um, but they played Tennessee this weekend. They played them two weeks ago. They won in overtime. And they go to Indianapolis. They got division games. They went out. I think they win the division. I think I might I might be wrong about that, but I think if they went out, they win the division. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm a huge Jalen Petrie fan at safety and, and some of the things they do. Um, I, I, I think 
everybody is looking to play three safeties in this league. Everybody's putting three safeties on the field. Kareem Jackson has been um, a cover two right safety for the last six years in Denver. Like him and Justin Simmons have lined up basically almost every single game together uh, outside of when they were injured or when uh, Kareem got suspended. But, you know, he's on he's on everybody's watch list right now, the way he's, like, hitting people. I don't think he's a dirty player by any stretch. Like, I think he just plays the game hard. But I think Kareem Jackson's a solid veteran player that can help out any any secondary. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm looking forward to the Texans. Can you believe, Baldy, we only have two weekends left. We got a Thursday, the last Thursday night game of the year. It's tomorrow night, Cleveland and the Jets. And then uh, we have a Saturday night game, Cowboys and Lions. And then that's it. Then we have Sunday and then all the games on the following Sunday. Yep. And that's the season. But look, look at we don't have a single team that's locked up anything. Not that's a single team. It's unbelievable. So this is the most – I mean, we've always had years where the number one seed is locked up. The Eagles basically last year had locked it up yeah. at this point. Um, we knew we, – we basically knew the playoff picture by the time you get to week 17. And nothing is clear right now. Like this Detroit-Dallas game is like how, – however they figured their schedule out this year, it, you know, we just saw where Kansas City and the Raiders drew a, an audience of 29 million people. Like a – like every single top television broadcast of anything in this country is the NFL. You know, you know, maybe the college football playoff will like pierce that a little bit this weekend. But like this Detroit-Dallas game on Saturday, it might it might break thirty million. It very easily could break thirty million. Like there's so much out on the line here for Dallas. If Dallas wins this game, like they, they I mean. It goes a long ways to their playoff seeding and what they're going to be like in the past. They get beat by Detroit, and Detroit goes to twelve and four. I mean, the sky's going to be falling. That that picture of Jerry Jones in his box, like that face, is going to melt. You know, <laughs> they're going to be shooting that all night if if they don't play well and win. I know it's wild. It should be a great game though, because I think it's going to be high scoring. Like I yeah, think I both offenses are going to have their way. Yeah, Detroit can really run the ball. They're yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know that the, that the Cowboys can stack up against a really good run team. Yeah. I think they're better off. Like they're fast. They floated a ball. Like, but a team that can bully them a little bit can run them. You talk about playing safeties. I mean, the Cowboys were full. All they did was have safeties out there. So I'm, I'm anxious. I'm sick because I agree with you. I think the Cowboys will score points, and I think the Lions will run the ball a lot. Yeah, I think CD will have a big game. Like, yeah. I can see him just get, going off. Um, like, I think Dallas going to be fine. Uh, we'll see what the left tackle situation, if Tyron Smith comes back, they're much better with him in there. But this should be an exciting game on Saturday night, and there's so much to play for. Dude, 29 million people on Christmas Day. Wow. I know. I mean, that's a staggering number. Like, record numbers. Record numbers. I mean – the, the, the football, we, we've we always surmised that we're going to reach a saturation point when it's Thursday, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, it's Monday, and we're not even close. Because it's the only, it's the only, I, I, it's, it's the only thing that is so 
fresh every week. People don't know what's going to happen. There's so much interest on so many different levels right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because next year's leap year. So Christmas is on a Wednesday and the real question will be, all right, well, will yeah. the NBA still, will the NFL still have games on Christmas day? And the answer has got to be yes. Like the answer is well, So you almost have to have it on Christmas Eve too, because everybody's yes. home. Right. So think about this. So that Christmas week, I can see them putting your games, the regular game Sunday, a Monday night game, Tuesday, Christmas Eve, Wednesday, Christmas, Thursday, Thursday night. And literally football, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for the first time ever. <laughs> like, I'm not giving the schedule makers or AI, whoever does them right now, like any thoughts, but you can definitely say, okay, we're filling this whole weekend football Sunday through Thursday night. Wait, go the best would be they need to do the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> all right? The 12 days of Christmas football. Well, think and, about that. And had 12 days in a row of football. Can they do that? I mean, if you just adjusted the schedule and the bye weeks and certain things, the, the, the hard part would be to get 12 games that could be close to being competitive in each game or yeah. playing for something. That's that's the challenge. Yeah. I I mean, I don't even care. I, I, I'm in. I watch every game. I know. Roll in a row, baby. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, listen, that'll do it for the all-city, all-NFL podcast. Remember, there's a subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button. All right? This way you don't you don't miss an episode. I want to wish uh, best wishes to our man Tasty Cake Dom, who's going back into the hospital. Uh, he said, "Thank God I found the podcast. It goes right to my phone. Uh, he watches it all the time." Oh, and first of all, we love you, Dommy, and, and and we want to make sure you're healthy and uh, you start 24 the right way. So our prayers are with you. Uh, but you know, hang with us, man. We're here every day. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be here tomorrow to, you know, start breaking down week 17, Cleveland at the Jets and breaking that game down and looking ahead to some of these monster matchups coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, they're going to decide playoff pictures and seedings and, you know, what, what playoff football is going to look like in January. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging for Baldy and Cuz. We'll see you tomorrow. Silly like the mayor.